Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back. It's your boy, good old Ty, with another episode of Ty Loves Movies. I do apologize because I know that uh, I keep telling you all that uh, I'll be more consistent and I'll be around, but the last time I said that was like two months ago, I think, since my last episode. And I do very much apologize for the inconsistency of my podcast. Things have just gotten a little hectic on my end. I started up a new job, which I'm very happy with. It's just been a little hectic uh, with the timing of me starting this job. So uh, that's made it especially hectic for me to have time to uh, devote to content, which makes me sad, but I'm really trying my best here. Um, And especially around this time of year with the holiday season, it's just, oh, it's a mess. So I am sorry again to keep you all waiting, but uh, I am really trying to be better. I know I keep saying it, but I, I promise you I am. Um, especially for this time of year, now that we're finally into Oscar season, I'm trying to shift gears a bit. Um, I've always loved the Oscars. I love the award season covering like the big five, especially the Golden Globes, the Oscars, BAFTAs, Critics' Choice, and all the Guild Awards. So uh, I, I would always talk with my friends and family and my girlfriend. I just chat their ear off year after year about, you know, oh, the, the Golden Globe nominations and oh, look, the BAFTAs are here and so on and so forth uh, leading up to the Oscars because the Oscars are like my Super Bowl. So um I would always talk and talk and talk and I'd always make my own little lists and I'd share them amongst some of my friends and whatnot. But uh, now that I've got a podcast up and running, I I would like to cover the award season moving forward. And so that's why I'm going out of my way to make the time, especially for this episode, because uh, we're about to get the Golden Globe nominations. In fact, by the time you guys are hearing this, uh, because I'm recording this, oh, geez, almost at midnight the night before, um, so midnight the 11th by the time you're all hearing this um it'll be the morning of the 12th which is when the golden globe nominations are coming out which i believe it's i think it's 8 30 or 8 35 eastern time so it's like 5 35 uh, pacific time um so you're going to be hearing all this before uh before the actual nominations come out so this episode i'm going to cover who i think is going to get nominated as well as uh what I think could get nominated and what I'd like to get nominated. Um, I, I might save that part for a different video or not video. Jeez, this is a podcast, not a video. Um, might save the, you know, what I'd rather have gotten nominated for after the nominations uh, tomorrow. That might be its own little thing. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so I, I wanted to go over the Golden Globes and uh, my predictions for the nominations today, well, you know, for when you guys are hearing it. Uh, but before I dive into all that, uh, a couple things to address. Uh, one, um, I'm sure you all can hear, I have a new mic. Uh, thank you to my brother and sister, uh, Jake and Lauren, who gave me this mic as a birthday present. Um, it's quite lovely, and I'm always happy to have an upgrade for the podcast. So, um, yes, thank you to my bro and my sis. Um, also, been sitting on this story for, God, it's been, I think, almost two months, uh, almost since the last podcast episode, which I've really been trying to get around to talking about it, but uh, I'm going to quick cover this before I get into all my Golden Globe stuff. So, 
um, I'm sure as many of you have heard, and maybe some of you haven't, uh, James Gunn is now the head of DC Studios, which was formerly DC Films. Um, him and producer Peter Safran are now overseeing everything involving DC for Warner Brothers Discovery. So everything from TV to animation, all of it is now under them. Um, and James Gunn, as many of you might know, is the writer-director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies for the MCU. Uh, he recently just made The Suicide Squad, uh, which came out in 2021, as well as Peacemaker with uh, John Cena, which was a spinoff of uh, The Suicide Squad. So he's done some DC work recently, and uh, but mainly known for his Marvel stuff. But now he's uh, he's the chief of DC, or president of DC. He's the top dog. Um... Peter Safran, he's been a producer for a long time now. He worked on the Conjuring movies. He did Aquaman. He produced Shazam as well and Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. So he's been involved with DC for the past few years. Um, he's also known for doing a lot of those shitty uh, parody movies like Vampire Suck, Disaster Movie, Meet the Spartans, all that. So, um, you know, there's that. And uh, in case you guys can't tell, uh, I'm not too thrilled about this news um i'm a huge fan of the first guardian of the galaxy film um but i honestly thought the second one was messy and a giant fucking disappointment i like everybody loves guardians too it feels like except for me and i get it you know i i, I do i understand like it basically takes everything about guardians of the galaxy volume one and just takes it to the nth degree um and it is very emotional uh, spoiler alert with yondu's death um i thought that was that was really well done but overall that movie was just such a giant fucking mess for me um you know but that's that's just me personally uh and with suicide squad i i thought the the suicide squad was just okay um you know, it, it, it has a very cool style, like James Gunn's directing style I thought was cool, but his his humor is just not for me. It works with the Guardians movies, but, you know, I can't even say that because I feel like that was the biggest problem I had with Guardians too. was just it was, it was trying to be too much, especially with its humor, and it just really does not work for me. I know it sounds like I'm a stickler and I just fucking hate comedy, but really, I, I, I love comedy, and I love comedy movies, but as I'm sure I've probably harped on before, it's just all about how you use it. Marvel's big thing is they overuse it, and James Gunn especially overdoes it. Um, and so with Suicide Squad, I just felt like a lot of the humor just didn't work for me. I really don't... I, I, I don't feel like every fucking comic book movie needs to be funny. Like, there could be funny moments, sure, but I, I don't need every comic book movie to also fall under the comedy genre. Like, that's just that's nonsense to me like I, I don't understand it i truly don't so um i've not seen peacemaker yet um i did really enjoy john cena's uh performance in suicide squad but uh i have not gotten around to watching it i heard it's good but then again some the same people who swear the suicide squad was like the the greatest comp property in like the past 10 years some shit like that i just so i'm like you know what i, I can wait to to see that i'm not dying to get around to seeing peacemaker um but yeah the fact that these guys are now in charge of dc i'm just a little uh little worried um because i really don't want to see every dc movie in in the dcu formerly known as the dceu which stood for 
DC Extended Universe. Now it's just DC Universe. Um, I don't want to see every movie under these two be in the same vein as James Gunn and his style. I don't know if that'll actually end up being the case. I, I pray to God that it isn't. But I, I gotta say, with him, at, at him, you know, as the boss, I just I, I, I worry a bit. I really, truly do, especially with all the shit that happened with him, uh, with the whole Guardians Galaxy Volume 3, firing of that, and then rehiring for the, it's, I don't even want to get into all of it, it's just a fucking mess, uh, and I think I already talked about it, if not, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it again, I'm sure, at some point, um, but yeah, so, I, I don't know how to feel about this, like, I, I really, like, I, I, I'm trying to be optimistic, but with all my years of being a DC fan, I've just learned never to get my hopes up with anything. You know, every time I think something's going well for them, they somehow find a way to fuck it up. And in this case, you know, something I really can't wrap my mind around is, like, it, it, James Gunn just got involved with DC. Like, The Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, which just came out in the past year, and that's it. Uh, Saffron's been around for a few years now. Um... But even then, like, the Suicide Squad lost a shit ton of money at box office. It was like, it had this really big budget, and it, it made nowhere near that at Worldwide Box Office. And people were throwing this and that for excuses, like, oh, the pandemic, and oh, it's just, it's the, the first Suicide Squad's fault. Bullshit. It's all bullshit. Like, that movie lost a shit ton of money, and Warner Brothers was like, hey, let's put that guy in charge. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Like, I, I would have much rather have someone like Charles Roven, uh, Charles Roven produced the Dark Knight trilogy, he produced Zack Snyder's DC films, he even produced Wonder Woman, and he, he did uh, Suicide, the new Suicide Squad film with James Gunn. So, and he's been a producer for a long, 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 long time. Like, I would have much rather have someone like him be at the top of the new DC studios as opposed to the, the two guys that just got involved and really don't have a the best of track records with DC yet. I mean, um, sure, the Suicide Squad was a really big hit with critics and audiences. Uh, Aquaman, which Saffron produced, is the highest grossing DC film uh, so far. Um, but again, it's but everything else, I feel like, you know, the, like those are two... two two things on their own very good that would you know boost their uh their resume to get this these uh positions but i feel like it's everything else that's i feel like you can't just overlook these things but again you know I, i'm done trying to keep up with dc and their bullshit that's essentially why I, I wanted to cover this before i dove into all my award season stuff is because Honestly, I, I think I'm done, guys. I, I really think I am. I, I, f I felt this way with Marvel all those years ago, and now I'm I'm finally at this point with DC. I think I'm just I'm done with all the, the fighting. I'm done with all the drama. I'm done with all the, the hardcore defending. I, I, I can't just I just can't do it anymore. Um, and especially with uh, with all this news that's just broken out recently. Like for instance, I I did see Black Adam, um, and I thought it was pretty bad which isn't that surprising I, I wanted to have faith that you know maybe maybe it won't be that bad but it's exactly what the rock does it's just exactly what the rock does every single time um so i, I had op i had some optimism in me uh i saw it for 
of course, the main reason being, in my case, uh, Pierce Brosnan is Dr. Fate, like I talked about before. And, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it yet, my boy Henry Cavill did, in fact, return as Superman. And so that made me very, very happy to see. Um, so I'd say for those two alone, for Pierce Brosnan and Henry Cavill uh, as Dr. Fate and Superman in this film, that was that was worth it for me to see. But yeah, that movie was just such a fucking mess. It's like it had its moments where I'm like, okay, like I can see what this is doing. It's it's not, it's it's enjoyable. Let me just put it that way. But unfortunately, um, unfortunately for them, I should say, uh, the movie I think just made four hundred million worldwide. If it hasn't, it will soon apparently. Um, and for a rock superhero film, that is terrible especially considering it had a 200 million dollar budget um i think it's safe to say that warner brothers was hoping for a lot more at least double that i think they were looking at the 700 million to 800 million plus uh given the rocks uh track record with with box office and considering you know having him be in in the dc worlds you know I think they were expecting a little more than 400 million. So, uh, normally we would consider that, uh, I think that's, that would be safe to say it's a, f- oh, I don't know if it's considered a flop, uh, considering, you know, to be considered a flop, the movie has to lose money. The goal of a movie, especially a huge movie like this, is always to at least double the budget. So, if you look at it like, oh, well, it cost 200 million to make, and it made 400 million, then it did its job, it made its money back. But, I don't know if this 200 million is also accounting for all the marketing that went into the film. And I mean, with The Rock, uh, you don't really need that much marketing because he has such a huge social media presence that, you know, which he spent a lot of time uh, promoting Black Adam for a long time. So uh, maybe they didn't have to spend that much for marketing. I mean, it's there still is a lot that goes into it outside of The Rock, but uh, I don't know. But... Um, an article had come out saying that it was going to lose a lot of money. And then the rock came out with another article saying, no, actually we're going to make a small profit. Um, so with DC, it, the news in the, in the trades is always such a fucking back and forth. I never know what to believe. And so, uh, speaking of that, um, an article just came out a couple days ago from the Hollywood reporter, essentially saying that, James Gunn and Peter Safran are going to do an entire reboot of the DC universe moving forward. Um, so basically everything outside of like the Joker and the, uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman movies, everything else is going to be getting a total reboot. Um, so basically everything like, you know, the shared movies, like the Justice League movies, everything character interactions and interacting with one another and like the like the mcu stuff that's all getting rebooted and all the standalone movies like joker and batman and whatnot they'll be fine but everything else total reboot um so all the plans that uh dc had had moving forward with certain movies like uh there's going to be a third wonder woman movie that's apparently not happening anymore um uh what else uh god oh oh 
Yeah, so uh, Henry Cavill, you know, he came back for for Black Adam to be Superman again, and he made uh, a whole post saying that he was back and he was here to stay, and there's so many exciting things in the future for him as Superman. Um, That might not be happening anymore. Um, And they might just completely scrap all that and recast with somebody else, just like with everyone else in the Justice League. They're just going to do a total reboot with all new actors playing new takes on the characters and just be you know complete wipe of everything that's come before so um oh and the best part is uh in this in this article they're apparently saying that they're gonna recast jason momoa as aquaman and have him be the villain lobo moving forward and i swear to fucking god if that's if that actually ends up happening i uh, I, I don't even want to say what I would do, but let's just say I would not be happy at all because that is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. One of the great things about Jason Momoa's Aquaman is the fact that Zack Snyder cast him, you know, it was very much against uh, the typecasting because you take one look at Jason Momoa. He's this big, gruff dude, like with a big beard, the long hair, the big jacked physique. And so, of course, people are thinking, oh, he'll play a bad guy. And, you know, you take a look at the character Lobo from the DC Comics, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, that, that's what Jason Momoa would play. So the fact that they didn't do that, the fact that Zack Snyder was like, you know what? Because, uh, like, because, mm, how, how do I phrase this? I don't want to cast you as the bad guy. I want to cast you as a hero. And the fact that you, you have Polynesian roots, I think that would make for a really cool aspect of this new version of Aquaman that I want to tell. Like, that is so fucking cool. And the fact that they're even considering scrapping that just to make him be Lobo just because, oh, oh, you know, that's what he looks like. And and Jason Mo is a fan of Lobo. I will I will say that. Like, so it's it's not like totally ridiculous, even though it fucking is, but um so that's what this article is also saying that that's going to be the plan moving forward um so uh again like i said it's always a back and forth with the trades with when it comes to uh when it comes to dc news so james gunn sat on this for nearly an entire 24 hours before he decided to comment on it and here is what he had to say and he tweeted this out on twitter so So, as for the story yesterday in Hollywood Reporter, some of it is true, some of it is half true, some of it is not true, and some of it we haven't decided yet whether it's true or not. Although this first month at DC has been fruitful, building the next 10 years of story takes time and we're still just beginning. Peter and I chose to helm DC Studios knowing we were coming into a fractious environment, both in the stories being told and in the audience itself, and there would be an unavoidable transitional period as we moved into telling a cohesive story across film, TV, animation, and gaming. But, in the end, the drawbacks of that transitional period were dwarfed by the creative possibilities and the opportunity to build upon what has worked in DC so far and to help rectify what has not. We know we are not going to make every single person happy every step of the way, but we can promise everything we do is done in service of the story and in service of the DC characters we know you cherish and we have cherished our whole lives. As for more answers about the future of the DCU, I will sadly have to ask you to wait. We are giving these characters and the stories the time and attention they deserve, and we ourselves still have a lot more questions to ask and answer. 
So, essentially, that's a whole lot of words saying nothing. I mean, I'm not too surprised that this is uh, what James Gunn had to say. Um, because, I mean, face it, if it was true, James Gunn isn't going to be like, yeah, this is this is accurate, you know, like, stay tuned. He, he knows that news like that is going to piss a lot of people off. Um, it's going to make a lot of people happy, unfortunately, but there's a lot of people that are not going to be happy, myself included. Um, so, of course, he's going to kind of skirt around it and be like, oh, you know, like, just wait and see, just wait and see. Can't really speak on it too much right now. But, yeah, you know, uh, some of it's true, some of it's not. And, but, you know, of course, there's no specificity whatsoever, nor did I really expect there to be. I was really hoping he was just going to come out and say, yeah, that's all total bullshit. Like, every last bit of it is outright bullshit. That would have made me feel a lot better. But the fact that he took a whole day to to come out and say this really doesn't reassure me the way I'd like I'd like for I'd like my goodness words doesn't reassure me in the way I would have hoped let me put it that way um so yeah there's that and uh although in James Gunn's defense I will say this he's already doing better than old management when it comes to this sort of stuff because the old management they wouldn't have said a goddamn thing like there's been so so much bad news over the years that's been reported nonstop in the big outlets like the Hollywood Reporter, Variety, whatever, um, and they would just never get addressed. And so then it would just be up to us, the fans, to try and deduce what's actually real, like what's real and what's recall here. Um, and you know, the higher ups, the bosses, they they wouldn't say anything. Like, we would just be kept completely in the dark with all this shit. So I appreciate the fact that James Gunn is actually making an effort to to clarify shit to the fans and try and get some semblance of trust going. So I, I will say I do appreciate him, him going out of his way to do that, and he's been pretty vocal about this sort of stuff so far since he's taken over on Twitter. So um, there's that. But, yeah, I mean, if any of that shit from this article turns out to be true and you can look it up it's a hollywood reporter um just came out earlier this week talking about all the dc stuff i'm not gonna go all into it but pretty much you got the gist of what it's covering um but yeah if any of this shit is ends up being true most of it some of it i don't care i I, i'm just i'm done i'm done i'm done with dc which it really breaks my heart to say I, I've, I fought so hard for, for DC over the years just you know against all of the hate all the backlash all the divisiveness all, all the fan wars and it's it's a shame but I, I just I can't keep up with it anymore guys I really truly can't um, and I just I feel very homeless comic book movie wise you know there's a lot of people that consider this some there's eh, consider themselves marvel fans or those that consider themselves dc fans there are people who were like me who considered themselves both maybe leaned more towards one than the other in my case that was me with uh, dc i preferred the dc films uh more so than i did the marvel ones over the years um and now i just i don't know there's still there's so many marvel movies i love there's uh and that's not just mcu films i mean just marvel in general like x-men uh you know deadpool all, all that um and then there's 
all the DC movies I love that aren't just the DCU or DCU, Dark Knight trilogy, the old Batman movies, yeah, all of it. Uh, so there are all these films, and I love the Marvel comics, I love DC comics, but at this point with the rate uh, of where these cinematic universes are going and where they've been going over the past few years, it, it's just hard for me to associate myself with either one, and really I don't want to. Like, there's still movies coming out that I'm excited for. Like, I'm very excited to see what Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson do with the Batman sequels. Um, I'm very excited for uh, the Joker sequel with Joaquin Phoenix and Lady Gaga. Um, they actually just started filming that this week. Um, so I'm very excited for those. I'm excited for the next couple of Avengers movies just because, uh, you know, I'm very excited to see Jonathan Majors as Kang. I'm excited to see... Um, Oh, God, why can't I think of the director of Shang-Chi's name? I always get it wrong. Is it Destin... Daniel... Yeah, Destin Daniel Cretton. Sorry, I had to look that up. Uh, he's going to be doing... Um... Oh, he's doing uh, Kang Dynasty. That's the next Avengers film. And then there's Secret Wars, who... Is there a director for them yet? Uh... Avengers Secret Wars. Let me check real quick. Sorry, I should have should have looked this up, but uh, um, I don't think there's any director yet. No, there isn't. Um, but I'm sure that'll probably get announced at some point soon. But yeah, so you know the the point I'm making is uh, you know Deadpool three. These these are films I am looking forward to, both Marvel and DC. But at the end of the day, I'm just I don't associate myself with either one of these franchises anymore, which really makes me sad, but it's just, this is the way it's going to be. I'm just, I can't, I just can't do it. It's driving me fucking crazy. And you know what? Maybe James Gunn will prove me wrong, but as a, as it stands right now, uh, he's not swaying me over and I don't foresee that changing anytime soon. So, um, yeah, so that's it. I, I wanted to get this out of the way. Um, because I wanted, I wanted to cover this news, and I also just wanted to kind of make it clear, like where I, where I stand nowadays when it comes to comic book movies, and also I, I wanted this to be a nice little way for me to segue out of this stuff a bit. Um, if there's big news involving DC, Marvel, whatever in the future, I'll cover it, but I'm not going to make it a point to to go into this kind of stuff anymore. Like there might, there's a couple topics that I I have wanted to cover that I might still go into, but for the most part, I, I want, I don't want this podcast to be me talking about comic book movies all the time. Uh, there's a lot of movies out there. There's a lot of kinds of movies out there and all of which I love. And I want to cover all spectrums of film and all sorts of topics regarding film. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but anyways, now let's get on to the golden globes. So, uh, like I said earlier, as of today and the time you all are hearing this podcast, uh, the Golden Globes uh, have yet to be nominated. Um, but because of how early it's going to be, it wouldn't surprise me if you all tune in before, or not before, it, tune in after the nominations are announced, which I couldn't blame you. It's going to be early in the morning when they're nominated, or when the nominations are announced. But I'm recording this before any of this stuff happens, so I have no idea who's nominated for what, so uh, this is what I want to cover. I'll cover what I think is going to be nominated, what I hope to see nominated, again, kind of debating that, but uh, also what 
could sneak in and what you know could be snubbed all that stuff but for those of you who aren't familiar with the golden globes they're an award show that are like the oscars they recognize tv and film though uh so they're not just film like the oscars are um golden globes recognize tv and film they're comprised of a group known as the hollywood foreign press and they're a bunch of journalists and photographers that work in the entertainment industry but they're from all around the world so their whole thing was they wanted to cover hollywood news and make it um basically make it public for uh other uh territories around the world so it's not just like okay americans know about what's going on in hollywood their their whole thing was okay we want to inform the whole world of what's going on uh with with hollywood and movie making and whatnot and the the entertainment industry as a whole so um this group comprises of the of the hollywood foreign press who are in charge of the golden globes um so they've been around i think it's like i think it's 1943 is when the first golden globes happened so they've been around for quite a while now um and the whole thing with them is they're the first major award show ceremony of the oscar season so with the oscar season um i like to classify it as the big five so there's the golden globes which is like the start of the award season like the the official start to the award season um then we've got we've got the critics choice um then there's baftas which are the british academy awards um they're personally my favorite of the of the oscar bunch outside of the oscars um then you've got the guilds uh so there's guilds or unions for a bunch of different aspects of of filmmaking so there's like the screen actors guild sag for short um there's the director's guild uh writer's guild producer's guild so on and so forth so they all have awards as well for each individual branch and then there's the oscars so uh every award season the golden globes always kind of kick things off so none of the other nominations have come out yet golden globes will be the first so because of that um they the golden globe nominations and winners can have a very big impact on what's gonna shape the race for the oscars moving forward um but the thing with the golden globes is they've been known to be a little uh i guess unique is probably the best word here because they're a much smaller uh voting body compared to like the baftas and the oscars that have like thousands and thousands of people or the guilds that have thousands of people voting these guys are only about a hundred people but uh they've been dealing with some controversy over the past couple years over their um issues with diversity so as a result of all the backlash uh i believe they've doubled their their voting body this time or for this starting this year so now they've got i think at least 200 people now as opposed to um the 90 to 100 or whatever they had before and it's a lot more of a diverse voting body now so that means this year could be a little crazy with the nominations just because i mean to be honest i've always struggled predicting the golden globes just because they're the first and because they're uh, a unique bunch with their nominations and their winners compared to a lot of the other voting bodies 
I've always had a hard time getting my like, getting a feel of like where they're gonna nominate people. I'm like, okay, you know, I, I think this person will get nominated because they've they've done something like this before, and then that upcoming year none of that happens and i'm completely wrong and then i think oh maybe they'll play it a bit safe and then they go completely buck wild and just nominate all this shit that nobody else would even think about nominating so they're really hard for me to to get a grasp on so but that that's also kind of why i like them is because it definitely shakes things up because you know for people like me who are really big into the Oscars and big into the award season's race and everything, um, it's always nice to have curveballs thrown your way. And the Golden Globes is where all that starts. So um, let's see here. Um, is there anything else I need to cover about the Golden Globes? Um, oh, uh, so big thing with them is, uh, and something I really like about them, is that they cover, they have nominations specifically for comedies and for dramas. So uh, that allows for a lot more movies and performances to be recognized, which I think is really, really cool. Um, so I think that's about it. I think that's all you really need to know about the Golden Globes. Um, so let me just say this or cover this before I go into all the nominations that I or like all the categories, because I'm only covering the film stuff. You know, I'm a. There's a film podcast. I know I talked about Andor before, which I still haven't seen yet, by the way. I'm making, trying to make an effort for that, maybe during my holiday break or something. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm only interested in the, the uh, film side of the nominations. I mean, there's a couple TV things like House of Dragon that I'd be rooting for to get nominated, but all I really care about is all the film stuff. So uh, I'm going to go over each film category, what I think is going to get nominated, what could get nominated, um, and preferences that i'd have for them but before i get into any of that i just want to put out a quick note um so these are the films that i haven't seen yet and i'm probably leaving some off that i'll probably cover as i get around to talking about them but uh in my defense with this list because it may seem like a big list but uh a lot of these films either a aren't out yet uh because the thing with the golden globes is you know of course everybody in the industry gets a they get to see all the films first before the audiences do. So um, there's a lot of these films that haven't been released yet. So I just, I haven't gotten a chance to watch them yet. Otherwise, you know, that would shape how I, how I nominate uh, for each category. Um, or some of these have been out and I've just been too lazy or just haven't had the time, I should say, to get around to them. But I usually try every year to see all the movies before the nominations come out. Really, that's that really only applies to the Oscars because, again, there's no way I'm going to see all the Golden Globe nominations before the nominations are even out. So, anyways, uh, here are the movies I haven't seen yet. Haven't seen Avatar. Uh, not out yet. Haven't seen The Whale. Uh, not out yet. Haven't seen Women Talking. I don't believe that's out yet. Um, and if it is out, it's only in like a limited release, so it's not worldwide. It's not accessible for me to see it yet. Babylon, not out yet. Woman King has been out. I just haven't had the time to see it, and I really do want to see it. I love Viola Davis. Um, Empire of Light, don't believe that's out yet. Again, if it's out, um, limited release. Causeway, I think that... I want to say Apple... You know, Apple definitely is releasing this movie. I just don't know if they've released it yet on Apple TV or um, if they're doing that soon. Either way, haven't seen it yet. Haven't seen Till yet. 
really want to see that. I want uh, I want to dance with somebody. Haven't seen that yet, but that's that's not out yet. So that's my defense. Um, the Sun. Haven't seen that yet. Living. Not seen. A Man Called Otto. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Turning Red. Strange World. Puss in Boots. The Last Wish. RRR. All Quiet on the Western Front. Bardo. The Good Nurse. Bros. Ticket to Paradise, She Said, and Hustle. Again, there's probably a couple others. Like, oh yeah, like, Blonde, haven't seen that yet. Um, eh, okay, I know there's more. That I haven't, uh, I'll cover them as I go. But anyway, so those are the movies I haven't seen yet. And the only reason I'm mentioning these specific films is because uh, these are either movies that I'm predicting will get nominated tomorrow or have a good chance of getting nominated tomorrow. So I uh, just wanted to throw that out there beforehand. So... Let's go over what I think's going to get nominated, and I'll start with the Best Supporting Actor category. So who I think's going to get nominated, uh, Ki-Hoi Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Brendan Gleeson, The Banshees of Anishirin, Ben Wishaw, Women Talking, Brad Pitt, Babylon, and Tom Hanks for Elvis. So why do I think these five are going to get nominated? Um, well, Ki-Hoi Kwan has been sweeping everywhere, as he rightfully should. Uh, I just recently got around to seeing Everything Everywhere, uh, just recently. And normally, there's always a movie every year that Film Twitter will hype the hell out of. And every time they do, and I get around to seeing it, I'm always left underwhelmed. Like, last year, it was The Power of the Dog. Everyone wouldn't shut the fuck up about how good The Power of the Dog was. I finally got around to seeing it, and I was so disappointed. Um, and I hate I hate being disappointed, especially f- f- uh, for a movie that everybody loves. So I, I was I was almost anticipating everything everywhere all at once to be that film for me this year. But I am so relieved to tell you all that that couldn't be any further from the truth. I fucking love this movie. This movie was absolutely fantastic. I cannot recommend it enough. I would love to see this win at the Oscars for Best Picture. Um, and that package absolutely needs to include Ki Hoi Kwan. He is so goddamn good in this movie. It's so good to have him back. He played short round in Indiana Jones on The Last Crusade. Um, no, Jesus Christ, not Last Crusade, uh, Temple of Doom, my goodness, Temple of Doom, um, and he left the industry a long time ago because of the lack of, um, uh, opportunities for, um, Asian actors, and now he's finally come back, and what a way to come back, because his performance is everything, it's everything, everywhere, all at once, mind you, um, that was such a fucking dad joke. I'm half tempted to edit that out, but you know what? It's late and I can't do that. So anyways, um, so no, he has been sweeping all of the smaller critics awards that have been going on so far. And normally I, like, I don't pay too much attention to those. It's they're They're good to give a feel of like where a lot of voting bodies all across the, the United States are feeling, but, um, but they don't really they don't always translate over into what will eventually get nominated with the bigger award shows and what will even win. But, uh, just something to note, like, uh, he has been winning and rightfully so. So I definitely think he's getting in here. Uh, Brendan Gleeson has also been winning some awards, uh, for, for this performance. And also rightfully so he's absolutely incredible in this film. Um, it is a shame that, uh, you know, I always hate when there's uh, 
so many good performances in one year and then at the end of the day you have to pick just one it's how i feel with a lot of people in, in these categories um but um yeah banshees of inishirin i'm predicting is gonna hit it very big at the uh with the nominations tomorrow and rightfully so i adore this film i love martin mcdonough um he's the writer director did three billboards outside of ebbing missouri he did in bruges seven psychopaths he's a fucking fantastic filmmaker and i'm such a huge fan of his and banshees is there's an argument to be made that this is his best film yet Uh, i don't know if it's my personal favorite but that's not to say that i have issues with this film i really truly don't it's fucking magnificent um but i don't know i i just i really love three billboards and in bruges he's such a goddamn good filmmaker my goodness um but yeah brendan gleason is phenomenal and uh he has never been nominated for an oscar before so i'm really hoping that he gets nominated tomorrow and i i think he will get nominated for the golden globe tomorrow which will help push his oscar chances um for his first nomination at the oscars uh come well the nominations for the oscars are in january but oscars the winners will be i think either end of february beginning of march doesn't matter anyways um so yeah i think brendan gleason's gonna also get in there ben wishaw um i absolutely adore him he's such a good actor um you'll know him as q from the daniel craig bond movies and oh god he's so goddamn good again haven't seen women talking yet but i've heard a lot of good things about it and uh also uh there are a lot of oscar experts out there um who do this sort of stuff every year and they have their predictions so uh uh, you can check out Gold Derby. That's what I use to to make my own personal predictions. Um, shameless plug. They're not sponsoring me, but uh, maybe they should. That'd be really nice. That'd be really cool, actually. Um, but Gold Derby is where a lot of like the Oscar people will, you know, have their their lists of all the award shows that they're uh, voting voting on or like uh, making their guesses for. I should say. Um, so the experts have. Uh, ben Wishaw in as well. Again, I can't speak for the performance yet because I haven't gotten around to seeing it just because it's not out yet. Um, then there's Brad Pitt in Babylon. So uh, Brad Pitt's been dealing with a bit of controversy lately, which I'm not even going to bother getting into. But um, I think if uh, Babylon is going to hit it as well as I think it's going to hit with the Hollywood Foreign Press, um, he's definitely going to get nominated. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about his performance. Um, I don't think they're saying he's the best of the film. Uh, that would go to Margot Robbie, who is definitely going to get nominated, but I'll get into that later. But again, it's kind of hard to say because I haven't seen Babylon yet, but, uh, Brad Pitt's been a favorite of the Golden Globes for a long time now. And if he is as good as people are saying he is, then I really can't see why he wouldn't get nominated. Um, and then I have Tom Hanks for Elvis. So, uh, that's not me saying that I hope he gets nominated. I personally didn't have any problem with Tom Hanks in Elvis. Like, I, I love Tom Hanks. He's fucking Tom Hanks. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. Um, but his, his, his the, the performance in Elvis is very stylized and cartoonish, um, but it works. Like, I didn't think to myself, like, oh, like, why why are they doing this? Like, why is Tom Hanks doing this? I'm like, no, for, for what Baz Luhrmann was doing uh, with with this story and with his style of filmmaking like it did work um but i i'm just predicting him in here because again the golden globes always do some crazy shit and they love tom hanks so i can very much see him getting in here um and yeah so that's why that's my justification for these five um 
who I think could get in. So uh, Paul Dano and Judd Hirsch both been getting a lot of love for their performances in the Fablemans. Um, and a lot of people are predicting at least one of them to get nominated tomorrow. And that'd be cool to see. I mean, uh, with Judd Hirsch, though, I he's only in one scene of the film. And granted, it is a very good scene. Very good scene of the Fablemans. Um, but I, I just... I, I don't know if I would give him any nominations for for his performance. Again, that's not to say, oh, it was a bad performance, but it's it's really, it's it's just one scene. It's probably five minutes long. And again, he's very good in it, um, but not enough for me to nominate him over somebody like Paul Dano, who's in the movie quite a lot and is fantastic. Um, definitely not over Ki Hoi Kwan or Brendan Gleeson. Um so I don't know, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think either one of them could sneak in if I had to put my money down on which one of the Fableman's boys was going to get in. I'd say Paul Dano, um, but also Eddie Redmayne could potentially get nominated for the Good Nurse, which is a little surprising because I mean I haven't I know what the movie's about. Uh, I haven't seen any trailers for it yet. I haven't seen it yet, um, but. I would have thought he would have been lead, but apparently Jessica Chastain's the lead. It's not like a co-lead situation. He's supporting. So, um, I don't know. There's always a late bloomer with these award shows that uh, always sneaks in. And I think uh, Eddie Redmayne could be um, could be that. He could be the one that sneaks in at the last second. Um, and Eddie Redmayne is a Golden Globes winner. So, uh, that definitely helps. Um, and then there's Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway. Um, that's the Jennifer Lawrence movie that's coming out, uh, again, if it's not already out. Um, but the reason I have him in here is not only, well, first off, Brian Tyree Henry is just always fucking fantastic in everything he does. Even though I haven't seen Causeway yet, I'm sure he's more than deserving of being recognized for it. Um, but a lot of the Oscar people and like the award show people are predicting that he'll get the golden globe nomination um or at least that he's he has a very good chance at getting it not necessarily that he's a lock but there's a good chance that he'll get it but also because um apple has definitely been they've definitely made their mark over the past few years with uh their films uh getting into the awards conversation i mean coda their film from last year just won best picture so um i think there's there's always uh some last minute streamer movies that will get in at the last second where people may be dismissing them at first and then they somehow make their way in so brian tyree henry could definitely get his way in there um yeah you know what i'm gonna save the what i'd like to see get nominated or what i would have preferred to see get nominated for another video god i keep saying video i'm not recording a video i am doing a podcast in front of a microphone a very nice new microphone um so anyways i'm gonna save what i think should have gotten nominated or what i would have liked to have seen get nominated for after the nominations are released today slash tomorrow so all right on to best supporting actress uh i have claire foy nominated for women talking Kerry Condon for The Banshees of Inishirin, Hong Chow for The Whale, Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once. So, uh, here's why I think these five women are getting nominated. Um, 
first of all, Claire Foy is goddamn brilliant. Uh, I haven't seen Women Talking yet, but she's just a phenomenal actress. Uh, she was rightfully nominated for the Golden Globe uh, a couple years ago for her incredible performance in First Man. Uh, unfortunately, did not get an Oscar nomination, but uh, oof, and I'm still not over it. We'll never be over it. Um, but with Women Talking, uh, it's an ensemble movie, and a lot of people are saying that Claire Foy and Jesse Buckley are like the standout performances. But um, I have a feeling that only one of them is going to get nominated um i very much think that jesse buckley could also get nominated or get nominated over one of these five or you know maybe even over claire for i don't know but uh if i had to guess as to which i'd say is going to get nominated i'd say claire Foy just because she's the more well-known actress and she's been nominated a lot at the golden globes for first man the crown um I think I don't know if she's been nominated for anything else, but she's definitely a favorite of theirs. Um, so I think I'd have her getting in over Jesse Buckley. Um, as for Carrie Condon, um, she's just goddamn exquisite in Banshees of Inisherin, and uh, a lot of people really, really love her performance. And she's been getting some love from some of the smaller critic circles, so I definitely think she's going to get in here. Um, Hong Chao for the whale. Haven't seen the whale yet. But uh, Hong Chao is a very good actress, and she was nominated for a Golden Globe a couple years ago for a movie called Downsizing. Um, and apparently she's very, very good in The Whale. And uh, if The Whale is to repeat The Wrestler, the that's Mickey Rourke movie by the same director, Darren Aronofsky, um, if The Whale is just a repeat of The Wrestler as far as its awards season run go going... Um, if I'm not mistaken, The Wrestler was only nominated for two Oscars, and it was only nominated for, like, basically two things all across the season, which was Best Actor and Best Supporting Actress. I think that's probably where The Whale's at right now. Um, maybe we'll be proven wrong tomorrow, or with the other award show ceremonies in the future. But, uh, right now, I have it, so it's just Best Actor and Best Supporting Actress, spoiler alert. Um... But yeah, apparently Hong Chao is very good in it, so I could see her getting in. Um, then I have Angela Bassett, like I said, for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So the reason I think she's going to get in, um, A, she just absolutely fucking deserves it. She was so good in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which, by the way, I did see, and I thought it was very good. Um, unfortunately, still suffers from the Marvel problem, or the problems that I personally have with Marvel movies, um, but my goodness was angela bassett so goddamn good in this movie um and she's a golden globe winner she won for um her performance as tina turner in um oh my god oh my god why am i why am i blanking on um the the name of the movie oh Oh, what's love got to do with it? Jesus Christ! Why could I not think of that? Um, yeah, she was she she won the Golden Globe for uh, Best Actress in Comedy Musical um, for her performance in that film. And uh, again, she's just fantastic in Black Panther. Uh, this is definitely an out there nomination for me. Like, I don't think she's in any way a lock, which is unfortunate. Um, but this is just my out there prediction that she's going to get in. Um, 
I'm, it's probably not going to happen, so I'm just giving you all a heads up, but that's just me. That's my prediction. Um, and then Jamie Lee Curtis, she's a Golden Globes darling, and she is very good in everything everywhere all at once, I must say, but she's, she's good in fucking everything. Like, she's Jamie Lee Curtis, for Christ's sake. Um, if I, if it were up to me, though, I, I would not have Jamie Lee Curtis over Stephanie, Stephanie Sue for everything everywhere all at once. Uh, Stephanie Sue is, without a doubt, the better performance uh, of the two. Not to say Jamie Lee Curtis is bad, just, uh, Stephanie Sue is definitely, <coughs> definitely better, and she's a much bigger part in the film, like, the whole story is, it's, it revolves around her, her character and Michelle Yeoh's character, like, it's, it's, um yeah much better performance uh they're both great but if i had to pick one it would definitely be stephanie sue um but just because jamie lee curtis is jamie lee curtis and the golden globes absolutely adore her i definitely think she has the better chance of getting nominated and she also has never been nominated for an oscar for some dumb fucking reason i cannot even begin to explain to you why jamie lee curtis does not have an oscar nomination by now um but i think that uh they're going to try and push to have both the supporting actress ladies from everything everywhere to be nominated. But if I had to guess on just one making the five, I'd say it's Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, like I already mentioned, I think Jesse Buckley very much could get nominated, uh, for women talking in this, in this category. I think Carrie Mulligan, another, um, darling of the, the golden globes, uh, could get nominated for the movie. She said, but what I'd really love to see get in, I'm just really hesitant on, just because uh, supporting actress is always wild, in my opinion. But I would love to see Janelle Monet get nominated for Glass Onion. She was fantastic in that in that film. Um, but uh, the the only reason I don't have her getting in because she's been getting a lot of love at these critic circles. But uh, the only reason I don't have her getting in is because um, the first Knives Out movie. Both Daniel Craig and Anna Dermas were both nominated for Best Actor and Actress in a Comedy or Musical. Um, but because jo Janelle Monet is going for Supporting Actress, I definitely think that uh, that definitely changes changes things a bit. Because there's only there's only five uh, Best Supporting Performances. Uh, well, technically there's ten, but there's Supporting Actors, Supporting Actresses. There's no Supporting Actors in a Comedy or Drama, like the way the rest of the categories do it so i think with just the five I, I i would love to see janelle monet get in and i'm really hoping she gets nominated tomorrow but um or today i should say um but i i'm just i'm hesitant not because she doesn't deserve it but just because with the supporting categories it's a different race so that's why i think they'll be nominated um now we're on to best actor in a comedy or musical uh colin farrell for banshees of anishirin daniel craig for glass onion De uh, diego calva for babylon tom hanks in a man called not a man called burp a man called otto and then you have ray fines in the menu um so i haven't seen babylon yet like i said and i haven't seen a man called otto yet but like i said before golden globes love tom hanks uh man called otto i heard was i heard tom hanks is very good in it um and it's a remake of a movie i think it's a man called ove uh god I, I can't remember but it's it was a i forget like where the movie's from originally but it, this is a like a an english adaptation of that film um but yeah 
Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks, so uh, I could definitely see him getting a double nomination with these nominations later. Um, but Colin Farrell is just sweeping everywhere uh, for his performance in Banshees of Inisherin, and, and as he should. It, he this is without a doubt his best performance. It's funny it's moving it's sad it's incredible um so all the smaller critics awards that have been going on so far he's been winning everywhere and i'm very happy to see that because um he very much deserves it and he's without a doubt winning this award i don't even have a question about him being nominated he's winning this 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 golden globe um which he won uh for his last or not his last movie with martin mcdonough that was seven psychopaths but he won in this category uh for in bruges um and also very rightfully so um daniel craig always crushes it uh was nominated previously for knives out and glass onion sequel to knives out he's absolutely getting nominated um i would say if colin farrell didn't deliver such a goddamn perfect performance this year i would definitely give the golden globe to daniel craig um haven't seen babylon yet but uh this is diego calva's star is born moment um and i heard he's really really good in it so i could definitely see him getting in uh and then there's ray finds in the menu i just recently saw the menu i enjoyed it i i didn't like love it but i love ray finds i love anya taylor joy um hong chow's also in that movie and she's very good in that movie um but ray finds he's been a favorite of the golden globes too um i keep saying this but uh and when i say that i don't mean like they, they've these people are constantly winning golden globes some of them are but a lot of the times it's just uh the golden globes like to nominate these people so in this case ray fines has definitely gotten quite a few golden globe nominations in the past the menu was uh i think it did fairly well at box office it was you know small original film um and again i enjoyed it i didn't like absolutely love it but it's it's good and the performances are definitely good so uh, i would be happy to see ray fines get in here um but yeah so that's why i'm predicting these five uh the other possibilities could be christian bale in amsterdam which uh, hot take i would actually really love to see i i was i quite enjoyed amsterdam uh and i just love christian bale but uh his performance especially in amsterdam i thought was very good so i would love to see him get nominated it's probably never gonna happen but uh who knows i've been wrong a million times before with the golden globes uh then there's billy eichner and bros still haven't gotten around to seeing it um but i've heard he's good in it and the golden globes do love to you know they they love comedies as you know because they have their own freaking category it's not me to say um there's potentially adam sandler and hustle the i haven't seen it yet but i heard that's like one of his best films that he's done in a long long time and then there's george clooney and ticket to paradise which uh ticket to paradise is is a typical like i this is one of those movies that the golden globes would absolutely like any other year i think they would absolutely eat this up um they love their nice little rom-coms especially the ones with big names like george clooney and julia roberts um but i don't think george clooney's getting in uh but i do think julia roberts is gonna get in so i'll just dive into the next category which is best actress in a comedy or musical so there i do think julia roberts will get in for ticket to paradise um then there's anya taylor joy for the menu 
uh, Emma Thompson for Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, Margot Robbie in Babylon, and the eventual winner in this category, and very rightfully so, Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, so, honestly, the Oscar race for Best Actress is really down to Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett for Tar. Um, and either one of them, I would be more than happy to see win. Uh, Kate Blanchett has won two Oscars so far, so there's the argument of like, oh, she's already won two, give it to Michelle Yeoh. Um, she's never been nominated before, and which is also a fucking crime. Um, and Michelle Yeoh would absolutely deserve that win. Uh, Kate Blanchett is absolutely fantastic in Tar, though, and I, I have her winning the Oscar at the moment. But honestly, it's a coin toss between the two of them for me. I would love if they could win in a tie. But um, but yeah, anyways, uh, Michelle Yeoh, pack it up. She's winning this award. Same thing with Colin Farrell. Like, they're both winning these awards. Good luck to everybody else. Um, other possibilities could be Leslie Manville, or Leslie Manville in Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Uh, haven't really heard about this film, but uh, people are saying that Leslie Manville is very good in it, and she is a great actress. Um, so, if she's good and it's a funny movie, and she's good in this funny movie, then you know I could see her getting in, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's about it, honestly. There's probably some others, but I really don't think anybody's gonna mess with this top five. Um, and then we've got best actor in a drama. So this is where things are gonna get a little spicy. So uh, there's Austin Butler for Elvis. Uh, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Tom Cruise for Top Gun Maverick, Hugh Jackman for The Sun, and Bill Nye for Living. So those are the five that I think are going to get nominated. Um, ha- haven't seen The Sun yet, and I haven't seen Living yet, and haven't seen The Whale yet. Jesus Christ. So I've only seen Elvis and Top Gun. All right. Um, honestly, th- so there's a big movement for Brendan Fraser right now to, you know, this is his big comeback. Everybody's saying you know he's fantastic in the whale he's winning some uh, awards earlier on um making people cry he's apparently phenomenal which doesn't surprise me um but i think there's just this big movement to to reward brendan fraser after all this time and to really celebrate his his big comeback into the industry um but that being said because i haven't seen it yet i can't speak for it i have seen elvis and I have seen Austin Butler absolutely fucking crush it as Elvis. And right now, he's my favorite to win not only this Golden Globe, but hopefully the Oscar. Um, that might change by the time I see The Whale. But as it stands right now, uh, I'm very much rooting for Austin Butler. Uh, I thought he was just perfect as Elvis. Um, and I would really, really love to see him win here. Um, but God damn it, Tom Cruise you surprise the living shit out of everybody with with top gun maverick uh i as i've talked about before it's my favorite film of the year so far um and nobody thought this movie was going to be anywhere near as good as it is and to be as successful as it is um but i definitely think the tom cruise is going to get a nomination and he he's won three golden globes in the past uh he's gotten a shit ton of nominations um, and with the success that Top Gun Maverick's been having, I could just, I definitely see him riding 
this uh, this nomination. I don't know if he'll get nominated for the Oscar, although it would be, in my opinion, very deserving. I know not everybody agrees, but I think he's deserving of a Best Actor nomination. Um, but I definitely think he's getting in here. As for Hugh Jackman in The Sun, Hugh Jackman's been dominated a ton at the Golden Globes, and uh, The Sun is the follow-up film from The Father by Florian Zeller, and, uh, oh God, the, the, the Father just emotionally devastated me to the point where i don't think i can ever watch that film again especially my grandfather uh he sadly passed away earlier this year and now i like the whole time i was watching the father sir anthony hopkins delivered such a master class performance it's not even it's unreal how talented sir anthony hopkins is um the whole time i was watching that film i was just picturing my grandfather um and it just devastated the shit out of me and now that my grandfather's no longer with us i just yeah i don't think i can ever go back to that film but the point i'm trying to make with all this is florian zeller is a goddamn great filmmaker and uh with him with this being his follow-up um i could definitely see this being a nice little um vehicle for hugh jackman to get a nomination the only downside is apparently from people that have seen the sun is they say it's it's not as good as they hoped it would be and it's pretty divisive so uh that being said i think he still is pretty likely to get nominated at the golden globes everywhere else uh i'm not so sure but again i haven't seen it yet so uh i I don't i don't know if they've like i don't know if they did end up doing like a limited release and then they just never did a wide release i have no idea what's going on with that movie i'll get around to seeing it when i can but haven't seen it yet and then there's bill nye um for a movie called living which i had no idea of its existence until about a week or so ago um uh, apparently it's a remake or yeah it's like an english version remake of an akira kurosawa film um i forget the name of the kurosawa film that this is remaking but apparently bill nye is very good because bill nye is fucking great he's never been nominated for an oscar and i think this is a one of the reasons why i think he'll get nominated here is if he is as good as people are saying he is then uh, i definitely think there's going to be that push to give him his overdue recognition i mean this is, this year is going to be a lot of first time nominees with a lot of big name people which is kind of crazy like colin farrell brendan fraser potentially bill nye um yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of firsts. Michelle Yeoh, uh, so, I, and I think that's cool. Um, but with Bill Nye, I think the thing is, people are just saying that uh, the movie itself is, it's 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 a good movie, it's heartwarming apparently, um, but it's definitely something you've seen probably a billion times before. But that doesn't change the fact that if Bill Nye gave a fucking great performance, then he should be nominated. Again, I can't speak on it yet, but, you know, that's just where it stands right now. So, that's why I have these five as the top five for this particular category um i think that gabriel labelle who plays a little steven spielberg in the fablemans could get nominated and i would actually like to see him get nominated i thought he was excellent in this film um then there's jeremy pope in the inspection movie i again just found out about its existence very recently um i don't think i'm even familiar with jeremy pope uh, i'll have to look into his work and see if i've seen him in anything before um but there's a lot of buzz around him and his performance in this film and then there's my boy the greatest of all time will smith in, in emancipation um i don't think i'm ready to just uh to go over my uh my thoughts on the infamous slap last year i can't even remember if i've talked about it yet or not if i haven't uh it's probably for the best but regardless will smith is my favorite actor um 
one million percent deserved every award he won for King Richard, and uh, apparently people have been saying that Emancipation is director Antoine Fuqua's best film since Training Day, which won Denzel the Oscar for Best Actor back in 2002, um, and apparently Will Smith is fantastic. I, I say that as if that's a surprise. He's always fucking fantastic, so the only reason I'm you know hesitant about him getting nominated here is just because it, it might be too soon for other awards to nominate him, which is bullshit. I think it's bullshit but um but yeah so there's that uh on to best actress in a drama kate blanchett and tar michelle williams for the fablemans viola davis for the woman king danielle deadweiler and till and jennifer lawrence and causeway those are the five i think will be nominated kate blanchett is one million percent winning this and rightfully so um yeah, she's been sweeping a lot of these critics' awards, but again, if you've seen the film, which I guarantee you, you haven't, which is fine, because I know it's 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 not for everybody, but I personally fucking love Tar and her performance in this. As soon as it ended, I was like, yep, that's going to win Kate Blanchett her third Oscar, and I'd be very happy to see that. But again, I've also seen everything everywhere all at once now, and I would love to see Michelle Yeoh win her first Oscar and become the second woman of color to ever win in that category. And God damn it. Would it be deserving? So we'll see. But as it stands right now, Kate Blanchett is 1 million percent walking away with this golden globe. Uh, Michelle Williams. Uh, this was a crazy thing because everybody thought she was going to get nominated for supporting actress because, you know, the movies about Steven Spielberg's character named Sammy Fableman in this movie. Um, so they thought, okay, well, the focus is on Gabriel LaBelle playing little Steven Spielberg, so Michelle Williams, who's playing Steven Spielberg's mom, will be in supporting. But turns out that's not the case, and since I've seen the movie, I, I get it. Um, this is definitely questionable category fraud, but, I mean, honestly, though, uh, she deserves to be nominated regardless, so uh, I definitely think she'll get nominated. The Golden Globes do love Michelle Williams. Um, Viola Davis for The Woman King. Uh, again, unfortunately, haven't seen it yet. That's one I'm kind of kicking myself over. I wanted to see that in theaters, but I didn't get a chance to. Um, but Viola Davis is Viola Davis. Uh, just always fantastic in everything she does. And uh, apparently her performance in The Woman King is fantastic, as per usual. Um, so I could definitely see her getting in. She's been getting some love from a lot of critics' uh, circles, getting nominated a lot. Same with... Uh, Danielle Deadweiler for Till. In fact, she's been winning some as well, and uh, apparently she just gives a fucking powerhouse performance. I don't think I've seen any of her films before yet, but I'm definitely checking Till out as soon as I get a chance. Um, but yeah, so she's been getting a lot of love. And then, like I said earlier with uh, with Brian Tyree Henry, I definitely could see Jennifer Lawrence sneaking in at the last second because of Apple's big push um, last second. And apparently she is very good in this film. This movie's been in the works for, like, a long, long time now. I, I, or it might have been made a long time ago, and now it's just finally getting its release. But uh, the Golden Globes uh, also love Jennifer Lawrence. She's won, I think, three Golden Globes. So uh, I could definitely see them them uh, getting her in there. Because I, I forgot to mention this earlier, too. Golden Globes do like to nominate uh, their favorites a lot. Like, you'll see, like, Meryl Streep is, like, the ultimate Golden Globes favorite. She gets nominated for everything every goddamn year, and it drives me crazy, um, but that's just how the Golden Globes operate, unfortunately. But, in this case, you know, again, I haven't seen Causeway yet, so I can't speak on Jennifer Lawrence's performance, but I love Jennifer Lawrence. She's a great actress, so I'm, 
I could see her getting nominated. Um, then we've got some other possibilities. Uh, we've got Naomi Aki uh, as Whitney Houston in I Want to Dance with Somebody. Um, so normally I would have her in here because the writer of I Want to Dance with Somebody, Anthony McCartan, has a kind of crazy track record with his previous films and their Oscar wins and nominations. Um, so every movie Anthony McCartan has written over the past... I guess eight years now has either gone on to be nominated for best actor or has won best actor so he wrote uh the theory of everything uh which won eddie redmayne best actor oscar he wrote bohemian rhapsody which won rami malley rami malley rami malik an oscar um he also wrote the good pope my goodness why, why am i i'm jumbling everything today not the good pope uh the two popes which got Jonathan Price a Best Actor nomination. And so with this, um, I would lean into that track record and say, all right, well, Naomi Aki's going to get a Best Actress nomination. But the only reason I don't think she's going to get in here is because apparently there were some screener issues from what I'd heard from other Oscar people that uh, follow the awards race like I do. They were saying that uh, apparently uh, the studio didn't screen the movie in time for the nominations so that's the only reason i wouldn't have her in here um but again i could be i could be completely wrong um and uh i definitely think that um if if the hollywood foreign press did see i want to dance with somebody i think i would have her in my top five but again i just i can't speak on it i'm almost tempted to swap her and jennifer lawrence out but man that's a tough one i think i'm just gonna stick with jennifer lawrence for now um but yeah, I definitely could see Naomi Aki surprising and getting in here just because, uh, and she's a great actress. I only saw her in um, in Rise of Skywalker, but I thought for what little she, little screen time she had in the film, I thought she did a really good job. Um, and just the trailer alone for I Want to Dance with Somebody, I was like, God damn, like that, like that seems that's Whitney Houston. Um, so I do think she'll. Uh, I do think she has a good chance of sneaking in here. Then there is Olivia Coleman in Empire of Light. Um, haven't seen Empire of Light yet. I very much like to though because I fucking love Sam Mendes and I love Olivia Coleman. Um, but she's she's been on a hot streak these past few years and very rightfully so. But she's been getting nominated for all of her big performances. Um, started with the favorite, which she went on to win the Oscar for, but she also won the Golden Globe. Uh, so she's now won a couple golden globes right because i think she won for the crown no maybe she didn't win for the crown but she she won the emmy for the crown but she was nominated for 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 the crown at the golden globes um but uh i heard olivia coleman is great in empire of light empire of light is just underwhelming apparently which really sucks if that's true but that's what a lot of people are saying so uh just take that for what it is um but yeah olivia coleman's always great so it wouldn't surprise me if she sneaks in here but uh same thing with jessica chastain like i mentioned earlier with eddie redmayne being a potential secret surprise uh nomination uh golden globes love jessica chastain nominated her quite a lot over the years then there's ana de armas who is nominated uh in best actress comedy musical for knives out um she did the marilyn monroe movie blondes this year 
that movie's apparently crazy divisive. Like I said earlier, I haven't seen it yet, but, uh, I, you know, I think the, the reason why it's divisive is just because of the subject matter and just the story that's being told, but apparently Ana de Armas is fantastic, which, again, not really a surprise there, but, um, but yeah, I could see her being a surprise nomination, but I don't think it's going to happen. Now, on to... This might be the, the race I'm... Or the nom... Uh, oh, God, why am I blanking on words? The category that I'm very much anticipating... Uh, most anticipating. God, it's t- I'm tired. It's 1 a.m. Oh, God, I got I have work tomorrow, but I want to get this out and edit it before, beforehand. Um, whatchamacallit. Uh, yeah, best director this year. I think it's going to be really crazy to see who gets in and uh, who's left out and who ends up winning. Because uh, as, as it stands right now, I honestly don't know what, what's going to happen here. But I'm going to do my best to predict the five I think will get nominated at the Golden Globes. Um, so I have Steven Spielberg getting in for the Fablemans. I have the Daniels, uh, getting in at for everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, I have Sarah Polly in for women talking, James Cameron in for avatar, the way of water and my big out there nomination for this category. I have Baz Luhrmann getting in for Elvis. Um, I think people are going apeshit over Elvis, and I very much enjoyed Elvis, so, uh, you know, I I understand the hype, but um, if all the hype in the industry is correct, then people are really loving Elvis, and Baz Luhrmann's been, uh, he's gotten his love over the years, Uh, never been, never won any Oscars or any big awards, but uh, he was nominated for Moulin Rouge, Um, a lot of his films do get nominated in, like, the comedy musicals or whatever, um... So I could definitely see if Elvis is as popular with the Hollywood Foreign Press as people are thinking it's going to be, then I could see him definitely sneaking in and being the surprise nomination for uh, director. Um, but that does come at the expense of people like Martin McDonough for Banshees of Inishirin, who I think should get nominated. He was nominated for director for Three Billboards. Um, but I yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're going to go for him over any of these five um then there's todd field for tar uh he's been nominated for screenplay a lot and his films are pretty popular with the golden globes but i don't think he's been nominated for director yet and uh, he did do a fucking great job with tar so it would be great to see him get nominated um damien chazelle uh for babylon uh he won best director for la la land years ago um, but the thing is with Babylon apparently is it's, it's good, but not as good as everyone was kind of hoping it would be from the people who've seen it are saying. Um, and it's also really long. And so I just think, I think that because it's, it's not as beloved as people were expecting it to be. I don't think it's as safe in a category like best director. So, uh, I, but I, but that being said though, Damien Chazelle is a goddamn brilliant filmmaker and uh, he's quickly made himself into like my top five of all time just with his few films he's done over the past few years so uh wouldn't surprise me if he gets a a nomination here then there is ss rajamuli for uh rrr and i'm sorry if i mispronounced his name but uh rrr has been like uh it's a very popular movie that again i'm really slacking on um 
but he just recently won a big critics award that uh, a lot of people were surprised at and uh, i think this movie's just been gaining steam slowly but surely since it came out um and uh, i do think it's possible i maybe if he's not nominated here i think he still has a good chance of getting nominated for director at the oscars and then somebody i would actually really love to see get in but i'm doubtful for the golden globes nomination uh joseph kaczynski for top gun maverick that would be fucking awesome um but yeah uh so why do i think the the other four are in though other than Baz Luhrmann? uh james cameron uh is james cameron and he won best director for the first avatar uh same thing with picture uh avatar won best drama that year as well so uh the people that have seen Avatar, uh, sh- The Shape of Water, or uh, Shape of Water. <laughs> oh my god, it's 1am, I'm so tired. <laughs> Not the Guillermo del Toro movie, The Shape of Water, The Way of Water. Um, people are saying it's even better than the first one, which really makes me happy to hear. So uh, I could definitely see James Cameron getting nominated here, even if he doesn't end up getting nominated at the Oscars. Um, I could see this being like Peter Jackson with the two towers where he misses the Oscar nomination, but still gets in at the Globes. Um, Sarah Polly for Women Talking just heard nothing but good things about this film and her direction for the film. So, uh, yeah, I think she's going to get in. Also, the Golden Globes do like to nominate director actors a lot, I've noticed over the years. So um, Sarah Polly is an actress and she's become... A director uh i forget what she directed but i think she directed something big years ago i can't remember the name of it um she's also a writer um she's probably gonna win adapted screenplay at the oscars for this film but uh but yeah i do think she's getting nominated for director here daniels have just been on fire and rightfully so but the big narrative is around spielberg winning for the fablements um which i could definitely see happening and he would deserve it um because he's fucking steven spielberg and normally i'd hate saying that like oh steven spielberg he deserves everything but fablements was really goddamn good and he did such a good job that uh i i think this is deserved and i would love to see the narrative with that too like just uh we're, we're, we're rewarding spielberg for everything that he's done like i don't see this so much as a career oscar it's a deserved oscar but that being said if the daniels won for everything everywhere wouldn't be upset at all um almost finished so on to best screenplay so golden globes do things a bit different compared to everywhere else where they only have one screenplay category as uh post everywhere else that has original screenplay nominations and adapted screenplay nominations uh golden globes are like nope uh adapted original doesn't matter you're all in one category so i have the fablemans uh i've got steven spielberg and tony kushner being nominated um have women talking uh for sarah polly i think she'll get double nominated then we've got banshees of inishirin martin mcdonough definitely nominated here uh again not sure about director but he's definitely getting nominated here probably winning here he won for three billboards uh, he won the golden globe for three billboards years ago rightfully so and would be rightfully so to win this award uh todd field for tar i could definitely see that happening i have him in and then i've got the daniels for everything everywhere all at once and if they won here i'd also be very thrilled um but yeah why these top five I've basically covered it so far. I mean, Todd Field with Tar, that screenplay is absolutely fantastic. Um, But also, again, 
Golden Globes do love Todd Field movies, um, and I believe he's gotten a couple screenplay nominations from them that have gone on to be Oscar nominations. Um, and I don't think Tar will be any exception. And like I said before, everything, everywhere, all at once, Banshees of Inisherin, Women Talking, and Fablemans are just—they're all the critical darlings um, of this year so far, along with Top Gun. But Top Gun's not getting nominated for screenplay, at least not here. Might could sneak in other places, but not here. Um, so yeah, those are the five I think will get nominated. Then uh, potentially uh, Babylon could still get a nomination here, Damien Chazelle, but I don't think so with the with the reactions that have come out since uh, since people have seen the movie. I I don't think screenplay is gonna happen. Um, he definitely has a better chance of getting nominated in director than than in screenplay. Um, then there's the whale, who I cannot remember who wrote the whale, but I've named everyone else that's written their screenplays, so I'm not going to be the disrespectful asshole that's going to leave out this talented writer. Samuel Hunter, Samuel D. Hunter, who apparently wrote the play that this movie's based off of. Um, and he also wrote the screenplay. I love when I love when the original writers for like a play or a book or whatever then go on to write the screenplay for their adaptations. I think that's awesome. So I think. I think there's a possibility he can get in here. I'm really not too confident on it, though. And uh, same thing with Ryan Johnson for Glass Onion. Uh, there's a possibility, but uh, he didn't get nominated for, for Knives Out, and so I don't see why he would then suddenly get nominated for Glass Onion. So, um, yeah, so there's that. And then there's uh, Best Score. My boy Lud- uh, Ludwig Göransson for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, my girl, Hildur Gordon-Honor, uh, for Women Talking. My boy, Justin Hurwitz. My goodness, what a goddamn great year for, for, uh, for score. My goodness. Uh, Justin Hurwitz for Babylon. Alexandre Desplat for Pinocchio. And then John Williams for The Fablemans. Those are the five that I have getting in. Um, and just so happens, uh, god, four out of these five are, like, my favorite film composers. Well, no, Hans Zimmer's not here, but... Hans doesn't have anything out this year, um, but he just won last year for for Dune and goddamn what a score! Um, yeah, uh, God, I love Ludwig Göransson. Uh, his score for Tenet was just incredible. Uh, I'll never forgive the Oscars for for not even nominating it, but the Golden Globes did, so they like Ludwig, and uh, he was nominated for the first Black Panther. Um, won the Oscar for the first Black Panther, but didn't win the Golden Globe. That went to what should have been the rightful winner that year, Justin Hurwitz, who he, I think he'll be nominated alongside tomorrow or again today. Um, so they're both up in my nominations here. I have them both getting in, but goddamn, I love I love Justin Hurwitz, love Ju- uh, Ludwig Göransson, Hildur Gordonader. She won for Joker. Man, she's so good. Uh, Alexander Desplat, he always gets nominated for everything, um, but he's he's kind of hard to argue with with all the stuff he gets nominated for, to be honest. So, uh, haven't seen Pinocchio yet, haven't heard his music for it, but uh, I'm I'm 99% sure he's getting nominated. And then there's just the greatest to ever do it, John Williams uh, for the Fablemans. Um, yeah, I, I I don't really even think I need to explain why I think these five are getting nominated. Yeah, that pretty much covers it. So, there you go. Uh, could be wrong about Ludwig uh, though, which would be kind of sad because uh, I loved his score for 
for Wakanda Forever. Um, and I think it'd be kind of dumb if they nominated him for the first Black Panther and then they don't nominate him for this one. And I, I, I'd probably even say this score is better than the first ones. Um, maybe that's just me. Uh, but if he doesn't get nominated for Black Panther, I think then it'll go to Michael Giacchino for the Batman, which would be incredibly deserving. Uh, Batman score was so iconic and just so good um that i could see michael giacchino getting in and michael giacchino has won before he won for up so it's definitely not impossible um then we've got terrence blanchard could get in for the woman king uh carter burwell for uh banshees of inishirin man he's i've been listening to his music a lot lately i love carter burwell's scores um i've always loved his scores but just i don't know what it is lately maybe Maybe it's because of Banshees of Inishirin that I just went back and started listening to some of his other, uh, his other work. And man, he's very, very good. And if I'm not mistaken, he was nominated for three billboards, uh, the Golden Globe for three billboards for best score. So, uh, and his score for for Banshees is fantastic, and I would love to see it get nominated at the Oscars. Um, then we've got my boys Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Um, they have two movies that they did scores for this year. They did Empire of Light and Bones and All. Um, and I do think that they have good chance of win- of getting nominated for either one of them. Um, they are also a Golden Globes favorite. Uh, if I had to guess, though, people are going to say they'd probably get nominated more for Empire of Light. But honestly, I've seen Bones and All. I love Bones and All, and I love their score for Bones and All. And I think that... If I had to take a guess, I'd say they they get nominated for Bones and All over Empire of Light. That's just me, but honestly, I don't think they're going to get nominated for either, which kind of sucks, but is what it is. Then, almost finished here, we've got Best Song, we've got Lift Me Up from Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick, uh, Vegas from Elvis, uh, Natu Natu from uh, RRR, and... Mm. Wait a sec. Why do I only have four nominations here? There should be a fifth. Um, huh. I guess I forgot to put a fifth here. Hmm. Um, uh, let's just take a look at what could get nominated again. Um, people are predicting nobody like you from the... the animated movie turning red uh i have no idea who sung that song i haven't seen turning red so um people are predicting it you know what no i'll I'll go out there this year i'm gonna say that carolina from where the crawdads sing will get nominated uh simply for the fact that if i'm not mistaken that was the uh taylor swift song um and i'm gonna confirm that while i'm here uh Looking up where the crawdads sing. Haven't seen this, but um, soundtracks. Where is it? Carolina, written and performed by Taylor Swift. Yep. So that does it. I'm gonna bet on Taylor Swift because you can never go wrong with her. So, uh, yeah, that'll be my fifth nomination. Um, I don't know. I haven't really heard a lot of these songs yet. Uh. Well, I mean, I've heard Black Panthers, which I'm I'm really hoping Lift Me Up wins, for Christ's sake. That song broke my heart. Um, but Hold My Hand, Lady Gaga, great song. Would love to see her get, 
get in. She's probably getting nominated. Let's be real. Um, yeah, I think that I think that covers it. Um, animated picture and international feature are my last the last two categories here, guys. I will be honest with you though, I always suck every year with seeing all the nominations and all the films in these categories. So I have not seen any of the animated movies this year uh, that I think are going to get nominated. So I think Pinocchio, Turning Red, uh, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and Strange World are all going to get nominated, but I honestly have not seen any of them, so I can't even begin to make an argument as to why. Except for maybe Pinocchio. Uh, Guillermo del Toro is a ph- phenomenal filmmaker, and there's been a huge narrative around the film. Um, everybody who's seen it just keeps saying it's magical, it's phenomenal, it's spectacular. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but everything else, I, I can't, I can't really speak on. I haven't seen them yet. But honestly, for all these films, I've heard really good things about all of them. But again, just haven't gotten around to seeing them. Uh, and then international feature, yeah. Again, I, I suck at seeing all these films ahead of time. Uh, but I have RRR getting in along with Decision to Leave, Bardo, All Quiet on the Western Front, and Close. And the reason I have all these films getting nominated is because they're just the. The Critical Darlings, everybody's loving these films. Uh, Bardo, I think, is a little um, divisive, but I still think it's going to get in because Alejandro Inarritu is the director of that film, and he is goddamn brilliant. Alrighty, so yeah, that, I think, covers all of the Golden Globes categories. Um, so, I guess uh, we'll find out later if I ended up being right or if I was completely wrong with most of these. Uh, but I'm, I'm feeling a little confident with uh, my nominations here. But uh, again, I, I say that every year and then I always end up getting a lot of them wrong just because I can never get a grasp on what the Golden Globes is going to do. So, um, But yeah, so uh, I'm going to go to bed after I quickly edit this and I'll post it so you all can hear it before the nominations tomorrow morning at 8.30 Eastern Time um, or 8.35 Eastern uh, Standard Time. Sorry. So yeah, uh, listen to my podcast before you listen to the Oscars. Or Oscars, my goodness. Where am I right now? Why, what, am I, what am I doing? Oscars. Golden Globes. Golden Globe nominations tomorrow. Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm going to go to bed now. Sorry again for keeping you all waiting. I hope to talk to you all soon. So, peace out, friends. Bye-bye. Update, because I'm a fucking idiot, and in my sleepiness, I completely forgot to go over the two biggest categories, which are Best Picture Drama and Best Picture Motion... Best Picture Musical Comedy. Jesus Christ. How the hell did I forget to, to write this down beforehand? Oh, please forgive me. Uh, but what a good way to end the podcast, I guess. So, um, uh, again, I was, I'm so unprepared for this, Jesus Christ. Anyway, so I'm going to go over what I think is going to get nominated for Best Comedy Musical real quick. I think Everything Everywhere All at Once, Banshees of Inishirin, Babylon, Glass Onion, and The Menu are all going to get nominated. The only one I'm not confident on is The Menu. Um, I think that that could get snubbed for something else. Um, what that something else is, uh, God, I, I don't even have the other no- like potential nominations in front of me right now. Damn. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think the menu is the expendable one there. Uh, but the rest, one million percent are getting in, no questions asked. Um, but, uh, yeah, so 
Everything Everywhere at Once, Banshees of Inishirin, Babylon, Glass Onion, The Menu, all getting nominated. That's what I'm predicting, at least. And then for Best Drama, I'm predicting The Fablemans, Elvis, Top Gun Maverick, Tar, and Avatar Way of Water. Uh, and those five, I, pre- I feel pretty goddamn solid about, to be quite honest with you. So uh, there's always the potential that I'm wrong, and one of the other movies that I talked about earlier could take its place. But those are the five for Best Drama. Um, I'm kicking myself. I'm just glad I caught it before I went to bed. But holy shit, how the hell did I forget to talk about the two, the two Best Picture nominations? Oh, God. I'm so tired. All right, friends. Now I'm going to bed. Good night. Or good morning when you hear this. Anyways, bye.